0: you are locked on magic your daily podcast on the orlando magic part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: hello everyone and welcome once again to another episode of the orlando magic daily facebook live and of course locked on magic today is april 8th 2018 My name is Philip ross I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Magic kind of giving up on the season. At least it felt that way on Friday uh, as the Magic uh, played a really poor game against the Charlotte Hornets. Got three games left tonight against Toronto. I'll I'll have a recap of that game. If you tune in to Locked On Magic on Monday, I'll put that at the end of this episode. Monday against the Milwaukee Bucks, and then Wednesday they'll finish off at home against the Washington Wizards. Obviously, a lot to get to in the meantime. Beginning to tie a bow on this season, so we'll talk a little bit about some silver linings this season, some things that we, we are at least somewhat encouraged by. Of course, it all feels very blunted and, and dulled right now. If you're watching on the Facebook Live, be sure to leave a comment, and leave any comments or questions you have on the show in the comments section right there. Um, you can always uh, interact with the show there. If you're listening on the podcast, you can always interact with me on Twitter at LockedOnMagic or at Philip underscore omd There really isn't much to say about the Magic's 137-100 to 100 loss to the Charlotte Hornets on Friday other than the Magic just didn't have it. Whatever it is, the Magic didn't have it. Um, it was just an overall poor effort in every way of it imaginable. Um, The team just just did not seem particularly engaged with the game plan. Um, they, They were willing to make first efforts, but not second efforts. The offense was poor. It was just a very, very bad game. And the unfortunate thing about it is that it felt like the Magic conceded the game before it even began. It felt like the Magic had kind of finally given in to the I guess the, the, the frustration, not the frustration, given into just how pointless these games are. Yes, I've railed about culture. Yes, I've railed about building momentum and, and, and doing some things the right way. But no one can deny that things don't have meaning right now. And against a team like Charlotte that's already wrapped up, they're missing the playoffs, obviously. Um, against a team like Dallas the night before. It's. It finally felt like the Magic were ready to play the game, and the results were what you would expect. On Friday night, Aaron Gordon sat out with a quote-unquote sore calf. Nikola Vucevic was out. Um, he, would rest, he was rested Wednesday night, but but he was uh, he was officially out with with some injury. Um, I think it was a sore back, was what they were saying. On Friday night, it finally felt like the Magic were done pretending. They were trying to win games and done trying to win games and accepting the tank, for lack of a better term. Now, the players on that court, I don't think they were intentionally trying to lose. I don't think Vogel was intentionally trying to lose. He was still pushing his team and trying to get them to buy in and do the right things. But they weren't. And honestly, when you sit your star players, your your key guys... For dubious reasons. I don't know how you can expect anyone to play other than the way they played. Yes, young guys missed an opportunity to prove that they belong in this league. But the way they played on Friday night simply was just terrible. It was a team that knows the end of the season's coming. And just wants it to come. It's easy to fall into that trap. I've fallen into that trap. I'll you know I'll say it. There's three games left. I've been counting the games down. I mean, we all want this season to end so we can really get down to the work of building this team back up. But what happened Friday night can't happen. Not if you want to build the kind of culture you want to build. And it's 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 an indictment of everyone on the roster. It's just a continuing indictment that that is how they chose to finish that game, or that's how they chose to play that game. Today against Toronto, Mikla Vucevic is probable. Aaron Gordon is probable. Even Terrence Ross is probable. A decision that I think is a good one to get him back into the flow, not into the flow, but get him back feeling comfortable and confident playing with his with his leg that's been injured since November. The Magic are playing teams that have something to fight for for the next three nights. Toronto has wrapped up the number one seed, so maybe they don't. Milwaukee and Washington are in the battle for the seven and the eight seed. The Magic are going to determine a lot about this year's playoffs, or at least how how the season ends. And Vogel's the kind of guy that says he wants to respect the game and, and, and he will play his main players for these meaningful games. Obviously, Friday night was not ideal. And I'm very intrigued to see how the Magic responds Sunday to that defeat. Because how they played is unacceptable. Even if you're for tanking, that's unacceptable. A loss like that is unacceptable. But unfortunately, when you get when you don't play your best players, stuff like that can happen. And when you very much telegraph that this game is not important to you, you tell your players to play like that. You can only go out on the floor with what you got. I get that, but it's also pretty clear the Magic aren't loading every chamber, so to speak. But that's the part. Of, that's that's the price you pay for having the record the Magic have, and honestly, the price you pay
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Let's move on now then to some happier things. Again, remember, you can leave your comments in the comment section below. I want to hear from you, actually. I want to hear from you. Are there any silver linings to this NBA season? Are there any silver linings to this Magic season that that you can take away? What do you believe is good about this team moving forward. I'm curious about that as well because this has been a very negative and bad season. There's no getting around it. I'm not going to use this space to tell you that, oh, this is a good season. There was good growth. No, this was a failure of a season in every way, shape, or form. The Magic, no one maybe expected them to make the playoffs, but they expected them to be competitive. They won 29 games last year. I think that was a a fine benchmark. 30 wins would would have been a solid season for this team. Unfortunately, the Magic could not get there. Unfortunately, they're stuck where they are, and now we're talking about ping-pong balls, very seriously talking about ping-pong balls. And that's not where the Magic wanted to be, especially with the roster constrictions that they have. They need something to hang on to. And obviously, the first thing that's, that's been positive this season has been Aaron Gordon. There's just no getting around it. Aaron Gordon has looked incredibly strong throughout the season. He's had his ups and downs, no doubt. He's, he started off really hot from the floor. He scored really, really well um, throughout the season. His field goal percentage has dipped, and, and yeah, we've seen him kind of have growing pains as he tries to be a star. We're not quite sure if he's a first option. There's definitely some debate about whether he should get the get a contract this summer, whether how much the Magic should pay him this summer. Those are all legitimate questions about Aaron Gordon, but they're questions that we're raising and debating now at a different level than we would have last summer. Last summer, we didn't really know what to expect from Aaron Gordon. We thought we saw some good things toward the end of last season, but we weren't sure what was real, what we could really hold on to. Now we know. Now we have a little bit more of a parameter of what Aaron Gordon can be. In the course of the evaluations that surely happened this season, Aaron Gordon's development was surely one of the brightest spots that happened. It really looked like he could be a player. That he could be a, you know, dare I say, potential all-star. Now, we know he has limitations in this game. We know that he still um, has his struggles and, again, growing pains as a budding star. He's got to improve a lot. He's got to continue improving his shot. He's got to be a better ball handler. He's got to be a better playmaker. But we've seen him take steps. And if the Magic are preparing to build a core, a young core again, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and whoever whoever they draft in this draft is a great place to start. That's something, right? That's something. And I think that is a positive thing. I think, I, I, I've, I've said this before, Aaron Gordon at 22 years old, I suspect he'll get a contract in the 18 to $21 million range. I'm willing to invest that much in him. I'm willing to bet on his continued growth because this is a guy that works hard. You know who he is as a person. You give him a full, healthy summer and he will take a leap in his game. He just did this summer. And we, know, and we can see that there's another leap to go. Bringing in the right veterans, bringing in the right people around him will surely help as well. That's a focus the Magic have to have as well for his growth. But Gordon has undoubtedly been a bright spot this season. You can see, even through all his frustrations, how much the offense loses without him. And it'll be good to have him back Sunday night, hopefully. And good to see him play a few more times this season. The other bright spot is Jonathan Isaac. Despite the injuries, despite not playing very much, when he was on the floor, he was very, very good. I know a lot of people get wrapped up into raw counting stats, and the points per game are not there. He's got a long way to go offensively. But Isaac plays defense at a level far above his age. That is 100% clear. This kid makes an immediate, instant impact on the floor. You watch Magic games. With Isaac on the floor, and it's clear the kind of difference he makes. Just defensively. His length is everywhere. And I don't think that's something we should discredit. I don't think that's something that we should look past. I don't think that's something that we should ignore. Isaac makes his team better. As a rookie. As a guy who is still making a lot of mistakes, but he has the athleticism and the length to recover from them. A guy who is probably still a little bit too much of a drain offensively, but we see the signs that he can build something offensively. Isaac still has a long way to go. Unfortunately, we probably won't see him the rest of the season. But he's been undoubtedly a positive sign for the Magic. He's undoubtedly been someone that the Magic can build a little bit around and can grow a little bit with. And again, it feels like this year is year zero. It feels like this is all just a start of something new. And so it doesn't have to be a complete picture right now. The Magic aren't gunning to make the playoffs next year. It's not a playoff or bust season. But they are trying to just build the foundations for who they want to be. And if length, athleticism, defense are their thing, Isaac is a great piece to have. Now, whether he can jump his game up another level, we'll find out this summer. It's a big summer for Jonathan Isaac, as everyone has been telling him, I'm sure. So, obviously, Isaac, a very positive sign overall this year, too. Other positives this year. Undoubtedly, Mario Hazonia has been a really nice piece all season long. Or at least a surprising piece all season long. I know... I get some heat sometimes for being a little bit of a Mario hater, of, of being a little too critical of him. And I, I, sure, I admit, I'm probably a little too critical of him. But I don't think anyone expected Hizonia to be this to be this, this year. To the point where he's shown flashes of why he was the fifth overall pick. It was undoubtedly a mistake for the Magic to, to, to decline his team option. You just don't turn down someone with that much talent at that price. Even if it's someone that you just don't see playing, Hisaoya forced his way into the rotation. Let's be clear, he was out of the rotation early in the year. The Magic were right, or were, were rational; they weren't irrational to let him walk. But he's slowly become what the Magic have, have wanted him to be—a solid shooter. Still got a long, still got a ways to go there. A, at least neutral defender, a guy who can make some defensive plays. He's gotten a lot better on the defensive end. He's still not a great defender. And someone who is a general threat on the floor. If I look at Mario Azonia as evidence of the Magic's development program, I am extremely encouraged. To see where he went from October to now is almost night and day. It's not just a matter of getting more minutes. Although I think that did have something to do with it, that is part of the reason Hizonia struggled. But Hizonia did a lot more than that. Hizonia made himself a useful NBA player, and that is a credit to Hizonia. That is a credit to the coaching staff. That is that is a credit to everyone within the organization. That he went from a guy who Frank Vogel admitted were was not an NBA player at the beginning of the season, into someone who is. And yeah, they might have been a little too impatient with him. You, you're, you're right there, Donald. I think they should have kept his his extension. Or they should have they should have picked up his option. And I think that they really didn't give him a lot of playing time that, that he should have had. But at the same time, the problem with the Magic was they were trying to win. And Mazzoni was not a player who's ready to win. His shot is probably not as good as we think it is. Or at least we thought it was on draft night. And so when his shot left him, it was very difficult to play him. Now his shot is there. And now you see him making plays. And I think that's a credit to, to the Magic staff that they got him in a point where he could make those plays. Ruben Roman points out another positive. Ken Burch has been exciting for sure. Looking forward to seeing him next year with more offensive skill and being smarter on defense. Birch has been a really nice find. I mean, everyone knew he was going to be very good. He was he was one of the top prospects in from Europe. And when he's played, he's been solid. When, when Ken Burch has played, he has been more than solid. He's been very good. In fact, I would argue he's been better than Bismack Biombo when given the minutes. He's a smart, tough defender. He blocks shots. He's got good timing on that. He's got better hands. He can catch a lob a little more cleanly, although he's not the greatest offensive player. I wouldn't expect him to grow too much more offensively um, because he is an older rookie, but his defense is, legit, is legitimate, especially for a guy coming off the bench. And that was a good find. Purvis was a good find. Jamel Artis was a good find. We don't know if those guys are quite NBA players yet. I would say Birch is the best of the three, but they've done well with the chance they've gotten. They're at least on the fringe. And so the Magic have done, again, uh, you take it to a macro level, the Magic have done a good job building up this development culture again. They've, they've, they've done a good job identifying players and bringing them into their system and watching them get better over the course of the year. It hasn't translated to team success necessarily. But a lot of these young guys you can undoubtedly say have gotten better over the course of the season. You know, Aaron Gordon maybe hasn't. Aaron, he's struggled a little bit. But Azonia has. Birch has. Artis has. Purvis has. That's all important. Isaac has. That's all important for the team moving forward. Jay Power, back to Mario Azonia, asks, Mario going or staying? What do you really think? I think he's gone. Um, I think from the moment they uh, declined his team option, that, was, that, that closed the door. Um, I think that... I mean, I think Hazonia genuinely likes Orlando and wants to stay, but I think the money is going to be somewhere else. Um, I think the opportunity, more importantly, is going to be somewhere else. I think the most important thing for Mario Zonia right now is getting playing time. Finding a place that will give him playing time, and I don't think that's Orlando. I just don't think the Magic have the, the space to give him the, the room to grow anymore. Um, they're going to pick a couple, a bunch of new guys this year. Um, there's, just, there's just not a lot of minutes to give him, and without that opportunity... Uh, you're gonna get more of the same from Masonia, so I think that 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 he's he's probably gone, um, and I, I think it's more mutual than anything else. Honestly, um, I, I just don't think that uh, that that that's the direction the team is gonna go. Other positives that we've seen this this season, there haven't been a lot. I think that it's easy to forget that eight and four start at the beginning of the season while that wasn't something the team could sustain, that was something real. 12 games is not insignificant. And we know the team can play at that level. The problem was they couldn't get back to it consistently. Once they lost that edge, they were done. They were toast. They lost it completely. And yeah, that's definitely, definitely an issue. That's not, definitely not something good for the team and for the franchise. You've got to be able to maintain that edge and find that edge again when you go through some tough times. An 82-game season is a long time. The Magic were never able to find that edge again. And that's part of the culture that the Magic need to rebuild. That's uh, that's that's absolutely part of the culture they need to build. We saw flashes of that 8-14. and 14. But you've got to build it up for the long term. You've got to build it up over the course of an entire season. And that's where the Magic struggled all year. They couldn't get back to that. And so there aren't a lot of positives, as you can see. We're stretching and and, and looking for for positive things to look at. Simmons had his moments, definitely took to that larger role a lot better than I think some of us thought. Um, But he's got to continue growing and learning how to play that role. Um, there isn't a lot to hold on to. And that's the kind of season the Magic have had, where there, there isn't a lot to be optimistic about. There's this draft pick, which is why I think a lot of people want to tank and have wanted to tank for months. There's Aaron Gordon's potential. There's Jonathan Isaac's potential. But that's really it. And that's the unfortunate part of all this. The Magic just don't have a lot to look forward to.
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Let's get to some of your questions here before I close out. Remember, if you're listening on Locked On Magic, to stay tuned after the Facebook Live portion, I'll recap the Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors that's playing Sunday at 6 p.m. Jay Power asks, do you think the front office matches AG no matter what the offer? Um, I tend to believe they will. I think that... Um, I think that the Magic will match any offer on Aaron Gordon. There isn't a lot of money out there. There are a few teams that will probably go after him a little bit, but uh, Indiana being one of them, possibly Phoenix. um, I've heard Philadelphia might if they strike out on some of the bigger fish, but um, I think that the Magic know they need to keep Gordon. He's 22 years old. He's proven that, that he can play at a very high level. The question is of course, do you believe that he will continue to get better? If you believe he will continue to get better, he is worth the money you're gonna pay. Him. If you don't, then you need to figure out what price point you're willing to, to stop paying. Him. Some people, for some people that's 20 million, and I think that's probably about what he'll get. Some people that's the max. Some people that's less. I think Aaron will get his money. I think someone will pay him probably somewhere in the range of four for 82, 83, something like that. And I think the Magic will match any offer. I think that that is exactly what the Magic would do. So I think that that's that. I think that's absolutely um, something that the Magic will will do. I think that they will keep Aaron Gordon no matter what. Jay Power also asked, "Do you think we have a new coach next season?" Also, Stackhouse name keeps creeping in. Um, I've been 50-50 on this for a long time. I'll go on record and say I don't think the Magic should fire Frank Vogel, But, you know, every time I discuss this, every time I think about it, um, I keep thinking there are a lot of problems and Frank Vogel is not immune or, or, har- or held harmless on any of them. So, I think that, that if Jeff Waltman does not believe Frank Vogel is the coach to help build this team, then they need to move on. They need to find a coach that they think is the best to build this team. If you ask me, sitting here today on April 8th, I think Frank Vogel is going to is going to be gone next year. I think that the Magic will mutually part ways with him sometime after the season ends, probably about a week after the season ends, um, and then find a new coach. Jerry Stackhouse is the big name out there. He has taken Raptors 905 to the uh, G, League play, G League Finals once again. Has had a ton of success there, Uh, and and I think he's someone that Weltman is very comfortable with and someone that that the Magic will target uh, as their next head coach. So I would not be surprised if Jerry Stackhouse is the coach of the Magic next season. Uh, Ruben Roman asks, what do you think will happen with Jamel going into next season? Um, I think Jamel Artis is probably going to get a summer league tryout again with the Magic. I think that the Magic will try and get him into training camp, but from there, it's it's a tryout again. Um, He's got to keep playing well. He's got to keep working hard. Um, I think he has some really nice skills. I think that he's a, he has the potential to be a decent defender. He's got to continue improving his three-point shot. That's something that he worked on a lot this year and got really good at this year. Still a lot that he can build off of there and still a lot that he can grow from there. So I think that the Magic will... Um, I think that the Magic uh, will try and keep artists in their system. Uh, you know, If a team from Europe, Europe calls with a bigger role and a bigger contract, then he'll go. Uh, but I think that the Magic want to keep him around, and, and I think that he's earned that opportunity. Um, Jonathan Cross asked, trade for, Fournier, uh, trade for Fournier for a Sixers lottery pick in an attempt to get Gilgis Alexander and pair him with bomba JJJ or on one of the Clippers picks. Um, you're not going to trade Evan Fournier for a first-round pick straight up. If anything, the Magic would have to give up a future first to get a team to take on Evan Fournier's contract. Fournier is making $17 million for the next three seasons. Teams aren't lining up to pick that up, to pick up that tag, unless you're willing to take on a bad contract. So, and also, everyone's capped out right now, so you have to match salaries. So you're not going to be able to trade Fournier for a first-round pick. That's just not going to happen. Um, I don't think anyone values Fournier that highly. Maybe a late first-round pick, but again, you'll have to take something back that you don't want in return. Um... That's just the reality of the contract situation that the Magic are in. Guys like Biombo, guys like Fournier, they're not movable. I mean, they're, or they're very difficult to move. You've got to be willing to take on some bad contracts because they're bad contracts. And you're not going to get super valuable assets. That's, again, the reality of the situation for the Magic. That they have a lot of bad deals that are going to be tough to come off of. And so that's, that's where they stand there. Like I said, we'll have plenty of time to get into the summer stuff um, during the summer. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if this this this, this episode is going to be cut a little bit short. Um, uh, so I don't want to—I'm uh, not going to hold everyone here that much longer. Um, you can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Magic. as like us on Facebook at Lockdown Magic, And check out our new website, LockedOnMagic.com, as well as LockedOnSports.com for the latest with the Locked On Podcast Network. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. On next week's Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, we'll go at noon once again. I'll have my day late playoff preview. I'll give you my predictions and picks for the NBA playoffs. I'll have the the final draft board set up as well if you watch on the Facebook Live so you can get a sense of what the lottery odds are heading into the NBA draft. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. If you're listening on Locked on Magic, stay tuned as I recap the Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors. I'm sorry, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so I'm going to cut this one a little bit short. But for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossmanreich. I will see you all again next week for my day-late playoff preview on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. And I'll see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Magic.
0: You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: So glad everyone could stick with me here on a Monday. Today is April 9th, 2018. My name is Philip and I come the Expert Insight Editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, you already know that because you just listened to the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. Well, I'm here for the next. Few minutes or so to recap the Magic's loss to the Toronto Raptors, a 112 101 loss at the Air Canada Center as the Magic finish up their road schedule. They'll play Monday night against the Milwaukee Bucks at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Not a whole lot to this game, honestly. The Raptors, playing without DeMar DeRozan, playing without Jonas Valanciunas, just took care of work. And yes, it was rest for both of those players. The Raptors have taken care of their business. They are the top seed in the Eastern Conference. They just took care of business. There's, there's no other way to say it. They were a far superior team, a far better team, and the Magic just could not keep pace. Uh, Frank Vogel said after the game that he thought the Magic played pretty well. The Magic's broadcasters thought they, the Magic played pretty well. And generally, I would say, yeah, the Magic did play okay, at least you know for, for the circumstances being what they are. Magic shoot forty-seven point two percent from the floor. They actually make more field goals in Toronto, forty-two to thirty-nine. The key difference in the game, though. Is assists, 28 assists for the Raptors on 39 field goals. And that, of course, means three pointers. Toronto makes 17 of 43 pointers, five from OG Ananobi, five from CJ Miles. And that is the difference in the game. Orlando just makes seven of 23 from Beyond the Arc. When you're giving up 17 three pointers and giving up 10 more three pointers, it's going to be really tough to make up that difference, especially with the Magic not being great at getting to the foul line, just 10 of 17 for the game. No one really stood out in this game. Again, it just felt. Very ho-hum, very much Toronto came in, did their business, got their three-pointers, their stretches where they didn't make three-pointers. Orlando made a little bit of a comeback, then they started making them again, and the Raptors pulled away. It was a four-point lead in the third quarter after a nice run of scoring from Aaron Gordon, and then things just kind of shut down from there. I would say at this point that the Magic, attention span-wise, engagement-wise, they're willing to make the first effort. They're not always willing to make the second or the third effort, and it's that second or third effort The kind of effort that Toronto is making throughout the game that determines wins or losses. Are you willing to drive that little bit extra to get uh, get a loose ball, to get a rebound, to get a stop? That's kind of what the Magic are missing right now, and frankly, at this stage of the season with nothing to play for, you can't completely blame them for looking too far ahead into the future. So not a lot to come out of this game. Again, Orlando shoots 47.2% from the floor. Just run through some basic stats for you here. Aaron Gordon leads the way with 16 points, 6 for 12 shooting, had a nice run in the third quarter, I thought to help the Magic get back back down by 4, it feels like he's playing at like 3 quarters speed, Um, that doesn't seem very engaged defensively, it's kind of like just don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, doesn't take away anything that he's done the rest of the season, I would like to see him take more alpha, take more kind of control over this team, I've I've said that before, uh, but that's obviously not in the cards for this Magic team at the moment. Mario Azonia scores 14 points, a lot of that coming in garbage time, but give Ozonia credit, he plays hard every single moment he is on the floor, and that is exactly what you want to see. So, very happy with Mario Ozonia's game in this one. Ken Burch with a double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds, two steals for Ken Burch. Really good job working around the basket. Typical things you see from Ken Burch. Active defensively, active around the basket. Didn't try to do too much on either end, um, so a solid game from him. Um <coughs> excuse me Shelvin Mack 11 points Nikola Vucevic 10 points on 5 for 10 shooting added 9 rebounds and 3 assists as well um, Orlando again shoots 7 for 23 from beyond the arc 42 for 89 47.2% from the floor as they fall 112-101 just some basic stats for Toronto OG Ananobi 21 points 5 for 8 from beyond the arc CJ Miles, 22 points 6 for 13 5 for 10 from beyond the arc Kyle Lowry uh, scores 11 to go with 7 assists or just 3 for 10 on the day uh, as Toronto, a balanced scoring attack, a great passing attack, 28 assists on 39 field goals, 17 for 40 from beyond the arc, that does the magic in as the Raptors defeat the Orlando Magic 112 to 101. I want to thank everyone again for staying with us here as I recap the game from Monday, uh, from Sunday. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic to recap the Magic's game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Until then, I'll see you all again for another episode of Locked On Magic.
0: Hey, Prime members.